The Chargers made the hire of the offseason, bringing in superstar coach Jim Harbaugh. And it's been great seeing the Chargers showered with praise in the national media. But now it's time to get to work. And what's next is finding the general manager that can build this roster in his image. You are locked on Chargers. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons, but this is our sixth year as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you to the everydayers out there for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Well, we got them, folks. Jim Harbaugh is the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Now it's about finding out who is going to be that general manager. It's going to trying to be finding that Robin to the Batman. And we got to make sure that that guy gets along well with Jim Harbaugh and builds that roster the way he needs needs it to be built and also when that happens we got to make sure that that GM learns from the mistakes that Tom Telesco made in the past yeah maybe the Raiders fans should listen to this one too to see what they have in store for them in their future but that is important because I think there's a lot and a lot of things that people got upset about with Tom Telesco and for the Chargers potential GMs it seems like there's a couple of leaders in the clubhouse so far but today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. David, when we're looking at this general manager search, we already knew from the get-go that a lot of the guys, the wide net that they cast, had very big ties to Jim Harbaugh and a lot of them with John Harbaugh, right? Yeah. But he had a lot of connections, and that those were the guys from the very beginning they were focusing in on. And now we've got to see some second interviews they've been able to do. But first, I think it just starts with finding the person that sees the vision that Jim Harbaugh has, right? And to me, that means a couple of things. It's finding someone that wants to build through the trenches, right? Yeah. Someone after David's own heart. More yes. focus on the talent of the offensive and defensive lines. And I think when you think of a Jim Harbaugh type of team, right, what do you think of? You think of toughness. Physicality. Toughness. You think of toughness. You think of physicality. And I think when you're getting that general manager and as you, the Chargers are interviewing these people, it's trying to turn the roster the Chargers have now into one that Jim Harb that looks like a Jim Harbaugh team, right? Yeah, and they're going to have to because according to Jordan Schultz of Bleacher Report, he's an insider, Jim Harbaugh sold the Chargers on the notion that he will win with the key being that everything is structured in the way he sees fit. He's going to have a lot of autonomy, and he also said in the video that Jim's going to be working collaborative, uh, collaboratively with the GM, but is more than likely going to get the final say on personnel decisions. So this has got to be somebody who's going to work well with Jim Harbaugh, that knows Jim Harbaugh, that knows the type of teams that he builds, and, and get, can bring in the type of personnel that is going to be able to allow Jim Harbaugh to run his system and have that success that we all want as quickly as possible. Yeah, because when you look at what the Chargers were in 2023, you were not going to mistake them for a tough, disciplined team, right? And nah. I think that with the trying to turn this roster into kind of a Jim Harbaugh blue-collar roster is going to be something 
that you need someone, you know, that's able to take that kind of mission on because it's not yeah. close to that right now. No. And this is a team that could have a ton of turnover, David, over the next couple of seasons. Like, I think it's probably a two off season process, kind of like it was with Brandon Steeler, right? Bringing in his yeah. guys. But I think you trust that Jim Harbaugh is going to be able to bring in the right type of players. And the guys that they've been interviewing seem like they would know the type of players that he likes. And in a couple of their cases, absolutely know the kind of players that he likes like Joe Ortiz who we're going to talk about but like with these reconstructions happening over this year probably next year as well yeah trying to turn this team David into a fourth quarter team right turning this team into a team you don't want to see in the fourth quarter because they're going to come smack you in the mouth and it's something I've talked about for the last couple of years right filling this teams with closers filling this team with a defense that can go end a game or an offense that can end a game, right? They can either run it down your throat and finish the game that way, or they're not going to give you an inch defense win. They're going to make you earn it all the way down the field. Like turning this roster into that is something to get excited about, but it's going to be quite an undertaking as well. Yeah, I mean, because like the the one thing that we all know that the Chargers have been lacking is that physicality and toughness and on, finishing on a week. ability, right? Yeah, yeah. and that yeah. finishing ability on a week in week out basis. Like, I, I don't think there's a lot of football teams that played the Chargers that were were scared of them or or felt like this was going, yeah. was going to be a knockdown drag out fight. You know what's going to to change now? <laughs> That's going to change now with Jim Harbaugh as the head coach of the Chargers because that's what he does. He builds teams that are going to beat the dog out of you, that are going to make you know that you are in a brawl, that you are in a physical fight. You're going to feel it, and they want to drag you into into the deep water, and they want to drown you with the running game, and they want to establish their dominance. They want to make sure that you have to adhere to the way that they want to play football, and that is what I'm very, very excited about with Jim Harbaugh coming on board. And I think a lot of teams in the past have been scared of individual players. Like everyone's oh, sure. scared of Justin Herbert getting and on on any be. given day, right? Yeah. But it's about building the roster that everyone's going to be afraid of, you know, one through 53. Yes. And the Chargers have brought in a couple of guys for a second interview. But on Thursday, they brought in Joe Hortiz, who is the player personnel, director of player personnel for the Ravens, who has been there forever. This is from Albert yeah. Breer, who said, Ravens director of player personnel Joe Hortiz is in Los Angeles today for a second interview for the Chargers GM job per sources Giants assistant GM Brandon Brown who we're going to talk about had his yesterday but David this is someone that we know for a fact has worked very closely with Jim Harbaugh in the past and knows what kind of players that Jim Harbaugh likes especially because Jim and John Harbaugh like a lot of the same type of players. Well, they came from the same father, Jack Harbaugh, who is kind of established and instilled in them the way that they see how the game is played. And so, yeah, I think for me, Joe Hortiz is is one of the leading candidates, if not the leading candidate in my mind, because this guy spent 26 years with the Ravens and the Ravens are known in the NFL as a very physical and tough football team year in and year out. You know when you play the Ravens that it's going to be ugly, you know, and I think that's what the Chargers kind of need. And Joe Hortiz has been I mean, right just in the how middle. How talented of that. that freaking roster is, man! Yeah, like, year in and year out, they're man. like a historically good team this year. Like yeah. the, the roster they put together this season is nuts. 
it's ridiculous. I mean, they're they're fast, they're physical, they're fast on offense, like they're explosive on offense, on defense, they're nasty, they swarm, they 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 make things really really difficult for you. Oh, yeah. They have some really long athletic uh, defenders, and they have some just beasts that are just gonna make you feel pain. Yeah. And I, I think that's like really what the Chargers need. So. Having somebody that's been so instrumental in building that type of identity, I think it would be someone who would fit quite naturally with what Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers are going to try to create. And when you think of the Ravens, right, who do you think of? You think of Ray Lewis. Yeah, you think absolutely. Of Ed Reed. Ed like Reed, you think yeah, of, guys would take you your know, head off. Exactly. Like, you think of Bart, you know, like Terrell Suggs. Like, yeah. those are the type of players. Yeah, now they got they Roquan Smith for. right now, who's Roquan another Smith. monster. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, it's just that's who they are. And, like, the thought of the Chargers being a team like that, because that goes back 20 years. I love it, man. This That's dude's won exciting. two Super Bowls with the Ravens, yeah. right? Like he's been, he was there for the original Super Bowl and the Trent Dilfer days, and he was there yeah. for the Joe Flacco Super Bowl as well. And like, yeah. for someone to be a scout as long as he has, right? This is what Albert Breer also said about him. Hortiz has long been one of the best college scouts in the league and is a guy that's worked his way up through the Ravens organization the same way as guys like Jets GM Joe Douglas and Baltimore GM Eric DaCosta, who took over for Ozzie Newsome, right? And this is yeah. like, you're stealing a part of that culture, right? You're trying Absolutely. to get a piece of it. You're trying yeah. to, you know, take the seed, take the leaf you're trying to that cut you're that going to plant in Los own. Angeles and have that sprout. Like, hey, I'm going to yeah. take this piece of it and I'm going to plan it here and hope we can build something as successful and sustaining and dominant as what they've been able to do in Baltimore for the last 20 years. And he's been there for 20 plus, right? Yeah. He's, he's been there a quarter century. He's been like right in the middle of it all. Yeah. And I mean, it, and a guy that just knows how to evaluate talent has evaluated talent for different types of teams, different types of offenses, different types of defenses. I think Joe Hortiz is definitely one of and should be one of the top options for this job. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if he got it. The other guy that they ended up bringing in was Brandon Brown, who is a rising star. You're going for a type of a wonderkin. But what I'm wondering is if guys like Ed Dodds or Ian Cunningham can get in this situation back into the mix, right, and see if they can get their second interview. So we're going to talk about that coming up right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off of our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. That's important. So today I want to talk about something that I want to get off my chest. You might even be thinking about the same thing. Can we talk about Marlon McCree? <laughs> Marlon McCree, my first sports traumatic incident to the point where like if a Chargers player gets an interception and is running back in any situation, I'm saying get down, I'm yelling get down. But that's the kind of thing is you don't realize how much sports can affect you. And that was something from an early age that traumatized me, right? And something that I've actually talked to my therapist about. And therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports teams and waking up in a cold sweat thinking about Marlon McCree. But we all have things to get off our chest. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible, suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. And the regular season is over, guys, for football, but that doesn't matter because there's still three gigantic games left, and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That means you can find whatever you want to bet on, place a $5 bet on that, and you get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's the best kind of way to bet. The app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, 
Live betting is always the best way for me. Just being able to, you know, feel the vibe of a game. If you're a Chargers fan, you know, it's like, hey, if they get up early, it's like, yeah, you know, the other team's probably crawling back in at some point. But you can also get in on the kick of destiny, too, with Rob Gronkowski looking for redemption after missing a 25-yard field goal during the Super Bowl last year. If you guess correctly, whether he makes it or not, you don't have to pay for it or anything. You get your share of $10 million, and the game is totally free to play. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, David, we talked about the guy potentially leading the clubhouse right now in Joe Ortiz, but the second round of interviews have really kind of opened our eyes to who they like, and more importantly, who Jim Harbaugh likes. Because if you don't think that Jim Harbaugh is getting the final sign-off on this GM candidate, you're wrong. should. Yeah. You're wrong. <laughs> and it's important. You don't want to oh, yeah. see it flame out. You like. You don't Jim want another Harbaugh, Trent Balky situation. You with just Jim can't Harbaugh, have that. he's always going to get on people's nerves. And over the yep. next five years, if he makes it through this five-year contract, he's going to, and he's going to grind on people, and they need it, right? Yeah. It might not be a 10-year job. Like, this might be somewhere he's here for five years. But, like, you want to get the most out of that five years. You want this term from five to 10 years, right? And have yeah. your, turn yourself into one of those consistent. You want him to retire teams. as a coach of the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, you want to be like the Steelers, where you get guys yeah. and you have them for, you know, 10-plus years. But exactly. the other guy that's obviously in contention right now had a second interview is brandon brown the giants assistant the gm who is joe shane's right hand man in new york has a law degree which i like has a relationship with jim harbaugh per albert breer which was kind of you know circumstantial it seemed like because they don't have any ties as far as working together but the fact that he was the first guy to get that second interview with jim harbaugh in the building before it was even announced that he signed i think shows you the seriousness of this guy being in this race Oh, yeah, it absolutely speaks volumes. And and if you feel like he, he wasn't in on that interview, I guarantee you that he was. There, like I, I don't know that for a fact, but there's no way that he I'm gonna wasn't. I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. There's no way that he wasn't. And 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 this guy is a wonder can. I mean, he's 35 years old, and he entered the NFL like as a like a personnel guy in his early 20s at 23 years old like he's been think he's about been what you were doing this. as a 23 year old i don't want to think about it i was a, yeah right, I, I just got out of this. the army and it, yeah. it was a it was a bad time but this guy 2020 2012 he was a, a with the new york jets as an intern then he had a little stop in college then he was quickly the you know in, in a scout for indianapolis and then went to the eagles as, as an assistant director of pro scouting I mean, this guy just went shot straight all over up, the place, yeah, all the way up to the top to where he was the assistant and general manager of the New York Giants. I mean, yeah. what an, an incredible ascension for this guy! There, I mean, he has to be good. Like, he has to be intelligent. He has to be impactful to be able to really take that sky, like that rocket, to the straight to the top, straight to the moon. Yeah. Um, what he has done so far, you know, as a, an executive, has been incredibly impressive. And it's hard when you're talking about guys from bad teams, right? Like the sure. Giants weren't a good team last year, obviously. But you have to look at, hey, five seasons with the Eagles, got a Super Bowl there, promoted three times in five seasons, yeah, right? Under a general manager and Howie Roseman, who is revered throughout the league. And oh, also, yeah. you know, has just gone through a lot of different departments, whether it's recruiting at the college level, whether it's scouting at the pro level, whether it's players at the pro at the professional level looking for free agents or college scouting. We're looking at those guys. This guy has a lot of that. So this yeah. is someone who deserves to be in the conversation for sure. And it definitely no is one of the leaders in the clubhouse right now. But what I'm wondering is, can any of these other guys get a second shot? And the first guy that comes to mind is Ian Cunningham, who is another kind of rising star, turned down the Cardinals last year and took himself out of that race, was a finalist before Adam Peters got the job in San Francisco this year. And Adam Peters was, you know, probably the prize candidate, I would say there. Mm-hmm. 
And so far, we haven't seen a second interview. So, like, there's no, we don't know if it's scheduled. These have been kind of popping up last minute, and then it happens. Can anyone else kind of get in the race, Ian Cunningham, or even someone like Ed Dodds that we can talk about, too? Yeah, I mean, I, I like, uh, like, kind of the lineage of the teams that Ian Cunningham has, has you know, worked for. He's worked for the Ravens. He worked in close concert with uh, Ozzie Newsom, and also spent a lot of time in Philly. <clears throat> when you look at those two yeah. organizations, they're very physical. Yeah. Yeah, I know, exactly. I mean, they're super physical. And I think the other thing with those teams, right, is like two different winning organizations. One is Super Bowl with each of them, which is pretty damn impressive too, right? And like it's same with, you know, Brandon Brown, where it's like you can't just look at the Bears, even though he's made his time with the Bears pretty impactful as well. Yeah. Right? Like with with someone like Brandon Brown, he, they went 4-13 and 9-7-1 and in the season after he came, right? Like as he yeah. was building that. With Ian Cunningham, the Bears have been super active. That's what I would say the most, Very. right? Whether, you know, they moved back from the first overall pick. They gave that up for to go down to nine for a two second rounders, an additional first round pick besides the ninth overall pick, right? And DJ Moore. They also traded for Montez Sweat and yeah, also traded Cleo McAway. Traded Cleo yeah. McAway. Also traded for Chase Claypool, which was a total disaster. It ended up being like the 32nd pick in the draft because, oh, yeah, oh, the Dolphins bad. tampered and got their first round pick taken away. Thanks a lot. <laughs> um, but I mean, it landed the Chargers, Quentin Johnson. So you, you got to get a thanks for that. But with yeah. Ian Cunningham, Daniel Popper wrote a really, really good in-depth article why he thinks he would be one of the leading candidates. It's very much worth checking out. But I want to talk about Ed Dodds, man, because like, yeah. there was a point of this offseason where Ed Dodds was potentially a package deal, right? Like with yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. And he hasn't gotten a second interview yet, which is a little surprising because it was like people were worried that the Raiders were going to go get Ed Dodds and then become maybe the leaders in the clubhouse to get Jim Harbaugh. And this is a guy who is very qualified but has not gotten that second interview opportunity yet. The the only thing that, that kind of you know comes to my mind about Ed Dodds is I think Ed Dodds and Jim Harbaugh might be too much alike. Butt heads. I, yeah, and I think they might butt heads because well, they're supposedly good friends, right? Like that's yeah. that's the whole thing here is they supposedly have a really good relationship, wise, which is why people were making the connection. But yeah, they both are very hard nosed styled dudes. Yes. It seems like which I like from both of them, but maybe two of the you know two battering rams isn't the best thing to have like maybe you need someone who's a little bit more submissive i guess yeah i mean i, th I think that is, is definitely possible but yeah they, they kind of cultivated that relationship when they were both working for the raiders in Blech. different different capacities yeah i know Blech. uh but he also worked for the seahawks from 2007 to 2016 and that's when the seahawks you know for a large part of that time were very very dominant and you know one of the, the better teams. boom super yeah. bowl winner all absolutely that. One, one of the better teams in the nfl that and he was part of that machine that created those monsters, that legion of, of boom defense. And, you know, you want that type of physicality and toughness with the Chargers. So he does have experience building those type of teams. Yeah, I mean, he's a yeah, VP of player personnel in 2017 with the Colts. He's been the assistant GM with Morocco Brown. He's kind of like a, you know, the co-assistant GMs with yeah. him. Both deserve credit. But yeah, before that, 10 years with the Seahawks. I mean, for Ian Cunningham and Ed Dodds, I think it is attractive seeing guys who got to see two different processes work under yeah. two different teams that have been successful in building super talented rosters. I think all of that's great. And I think that he's known just for being an exceptional talent evaluator. And when you're talking about building this team, this team has, whether you like it on paper or not lacked talent. And it's not yeah. just the big names because the chargers have the big names. It's lacking talent and being super top heavy like the Chargers the have been. Yeah, the meat yeah. of the team. Because, yeah, the big names are great, but you, you can't have every other guy in between those big names being a disaster, right? And that's kind of what exactly. the Chargers have been. But this is from Matt Miller of ESPN who said, if you ask 10 front office people around the league who the best scout in the NFL is, chances are you're going to hear Ed Dodd's name the most. So 
it's a pretty ringing endorsement for sure. Yeah, and I think it tells you why, hey, he could potentially get back in this. We'll see if he ends up getting a second interview. But right now, it's, it looks like Joe Ortiz. Looks like Brandon Brown are the leaders in the clubhouse, but a couple more very viable candidates are out there as well. But maybe guys that when they get their first opportunity don't want to have to answer to a Jim Harbaugh and want the credit for building the roster and don't want that to go to the head coach, which, right, if, if Jim Harbaugh really has the power that Jordan Schultz is saying that he has, maybe that's a little less attractive for some of these potential GMs on the rise. But, hey, it's a job. Seems like a damn good job, too, especially considering, you know, yeah, you, you, you start with Justin Herbert. But we have more to get into, including how these new GMs won't make the same mistakes as Tom Telesco, who won zero division championships and much less. And so we're going to talk about that coming up right after this. First, though, I need to tell you guys about Prize Picks, which is daily fantasy made easy. With Prize Picks, all you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. The more entries you hit on, the more that you win. And if you hit on six of them on the same entry, you can win up to 25 times your money. They always have great promotions going on, like Taco Tuesday, which discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. That means if you had Keenan Allen who needed more or less than 100 yards, it would take that down to 75 yards and give you a much better chance. But right now, you're not going to find many promotions better than this because you can get Christian McCaffrey more than or less than half a rushing yard. That's it. And if you combine that with Lamar Jackson, who could potentially rush for more or less than 65 and a half rushing yards, you win. Maybe you get crazier, add Zay Flowers, more or less than 44 and a half receiving yards. You win, right? And you win even more. So make sure, all you have to do, two of those have to go, and you can win. It's that easy. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use the code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash NFL. Promo code LOCKDOWNNFL. You put $100 in, they will match it for you. Prizepicks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. I also need to tell you guys about Logics because, you know, in this show, we get into a lot of in-depth analysis and takes and a lot of Jim Harbaugh talk, obviously. But let me give you my hottest take of the day, and that is that Logics is the best lineup of auto loans in L.A. right now. They start off at the top with my favorites, the proven, independable, new and used vehicle loans. You can count on these guys to give you low rates and save you big time bucks. Next up, you have the exciting new rookie sensation in their electric vehicle loans with super low rates and flexible payment terms. Rounding out their lineup, they've got their auto refinancing loans and their lease buyout loans. With these guys, you could lower your monthly payments and get on the road to owning your car faster. Look, I know it's a hot take, but seriously, no one can beat the lineup at Logix. Visit your local Logix brands right here in LA and the surrounding area and let one of their amazing team members help you or you can apply online in minutes at logixbanking.com slash car that's l-o-g-i-x banking.com slash car all right david well let's get into this final segment that might be the most important segment and what we're hoping for the most right which is how does this new gm avoid the mistakes of tom telesco i'm excited to hear the mistakes that you have for tom telesco i know there's probably more than enough for not only each of us to fill out this segment but for the next probably two shows if we really wanted to but I do want to tell you guys, make sure you're checking out the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel, Locked On Sports Today, where you're getting the local experts that only Locked On can provide, covering every sport around the leagues, all of the leagues. And you can get that 24-7 now on YouTube, so make sure you guys subscribe to that 24-7 national streaming channel, first of its kind, Locked On Sports Today. But, David, I'm excited to hear where you went first. We each did not give what we were talking about. I want to know, what is the... Number one Tom Telesco mistake when you're thinking back on the Tom Telesco era that you hope the next general manager avoids the most. 
Yeah, I think for me, it's like your all your wide receivers do not have to be skyscrapers. Okay, <laughs> sure. Like you can bring bring so like broadening that out. I think it would be like, hey, don't let that your type get in the way of taking better players. Don't be so you know just set on okay if a receiver is not six feet plus tall, right? You know to draft them or whatever. You don't have to be stuck to the same archetype sure. every single time. You can go get guys that are just dogs, like just straight up, you know, yeah. difference makers, guys that have legitimate speed that can get separation, that can get open uh, and make, you know, real legitimate plays. And I think just yeah. too often Tom Telesco really stuck to the type of receiver that he had envisioned in, in his mind. And that didn't always work out for the best, including this year, right? We just saw it. So, my first one is, if you trade up, you better not miss, right? Yeah. Because Tom Telesco did actually trade in the draft, but he only traded up. And every time he traded up, it was a failure. He moved up yeah. for Melvin Gordon, right? Moved up for Kenneth Murray. Moved up for Manti Teo and Jeremiah Tauchu. And he whipped on all of them, right? He gave all up you know, other picks that could have been potential depth. And he got guys that didn't end up panning out. And I just feel like that's a very valuable lesson. That just, you know, because you might think you have a guy the draft is a dart shoot, right? Or a dart yeah. throw. Like you just, you don't know where you're going to get. And the other funny thing is just like you moved up for a running back, two inside linebackers and an edge rusher, like positional value wise, like Horrible. you moved up for the least valuable positions and you struck out on all of them. Your best running back was Austin Eckler, who was an undrafted free agent. Your best inside linebackers were all fourth round picks or later. So yeah, at Denzel Perriman, second round pick, but for the most part, I think that's true. So where would you go with next as far as things you don't want to see from this next general manager that we saw with Tom Telesco? Yeah, don't wait nine years to invest in the spine of your football team. <laughs> I mean, like that's the, the Chargers really neglected the offensive line in particular, yeah. really uh, up until Brandon Staley became the head coach of the Chargers. I mean, they, they did not really start making those adjustments and those investments in the offensive line that they really needed to. And I mean, that really hung Phillip Rivers out to dry towards and the Justin end, Herbert. like latter part <laughs> yeah. of his career. And of course, Justin Herbert. Let's not, her uh, let's not forget Justin injuries. Herbert behind a line of Sam Tevy, Forrest Lamp, Dan Feeney, and, and then some, right? Yeah, just horrendous. I mean, yeah. they, they, they really took way too long in making sure that that offensive line and that defensive line was imposing. They can block, yeah. they, could, oh, they can run block, and on defense, they could stop the run. It just we didn't see enough, enough of those guys come back and be effective enough times for Tom Telesco. And that's a big lesson that the next GM needs to learn. And it has to be a much deeper team. And I think it's yeah. obviously easier to say that than to do it. But like, I think it just means really, you just can't have as many total whiffs as Tom exactly. Telesco on in his draft resume, whether it's Max Duggan cut JT Woods, Isaiah Spiller, all these players either never played really, or never got significant snaps on offense or defense, right? Yeah. Xander Horvath cut Trey McKitty cut Brendan Hymas. Nick Neiman, special teams player, Larry Roundtree, Mark Webb cut, Joe Reed cut, KJ Hill cut, Ameke Boy, never anything. Cut. And there's players that just didn't play well. You know, the Zion Johnson hasn't played well. Chris Rump, Jasir Taylor got benched. Joshua Kelly never turned anything. Missing in almost every third round from now until since Forever. his first one. He, <laughs> the only two he got right were receivers, seemingly, right? And he yeah, took Josh Palmer Allen. over Amon right. Ross St. Brown. So it's hard to feel that that good. Yeah. But these are the offensive linemen he drafted overall. These are all the offensive linemen he drafted. DJ Fluker, Chris Watt, Donovan Clark, Max Turk, rest in peace. Don't want to yeah. speak of you know, the dead. But right. Sam Tevy, Dan Feeney, Forrest Lamp, Scott Questenberry, Trey Pipkins, Brandon Hymas, Rashawn Slater, 
Zion Johnson, Jamari Sawyer. We don't know about Jordan McFadden yet. How many That's good how offensive you, linemen can you name out of those those lists? That I know for sure one. One. I mean, Trey Pipkins had a good one. season, right? There's one good offensive lineman. And, and a lot of those are and and I like Jamari Sawyer, so he he's he's close. Sure, but, sure, but we've had one good season with very little so expectations, good. and and one not good season from Jamari yeah. Sawyer, right? The other big thing is be careful because you also tried to cover it up with band aids, and by band aids I mean aging veterans. Let's look yeah. at this, right? Mike Pouncey, Russell Okun, Orlando Franklin, Joe Barksdale, right? King yeah. Dunlap, yeah. right? Like. Matt Filer and Matt Filer was good for one year. A lot of those guys had a good year, right? Like some of those guys had one single good season. Yeah. But at the same time, this they always collapsed. It always got way worse. It never worked out. I refuse to put Corey Lindsley on that list because I love Corey Lindsley too much. He's yeah, such well, a good well, player. He was phenomenal. Yeah. And he was great when he was on the field and had a freak thing. Russell Okung had a freak thing too, but it wasn't yeah. just that, right? It's the Brandon Meebanes, the Limbaugh Josephus, the Thomas Davis, yeah, Thomas Davis, right? Davis, yeah. Virgil Green, Travis yeah. Benjamin, anyone, Travis right? Benjamin, Dwight ugh. Lowry, right? Stevie Johnson, ugh. Jacoby Jones, Brandon Flowers. Like, yeah. You can't Jacoby always fix Jones. things. Oh, yeah, God. Jacoby Jones. What Brandon Flowers, man? That was a disaster too. I mean, concussions and stuff. I get it, but like, yeah. So like missing that many in the draft, and then also signing all those aging veterans that didn't work out. Like that absolutely nuked a lot of the Charger seasons. It did. I mean, it, horrible moves, way, like way past their prime. Uh, and I mean, th these yeah. are things that we've repeatedly saw like throughout the tenure of Tom Telesco. And I please. Please, God, do not. The Raiders, you got a that. good one. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. The Raiders, you're getting guy. one of the guys that built one of the most talented rosters in the league over the last decade plus. Give me a uh -uh. break. Nope. Give me a break. I, I, yeah, I mean, the, I get it. You know, like he drafted Justin Herbert. You know, he drafted Derwin James. Course. He drafted Keenan Allen. Like, obviously, those guys all fell to The him. hits were home runs, you know, <laughs> but like we talked about, not enough singles, not enough doubles, no. right? Yeah. Like, and that's, and that's the thing for this next GM is just like, yeah. Hey, singles are good too. You can right. be Tony Gwynn. I'll take a Tony Gwynn. Hey, Hall of Famer, mid round picks, late round picks. Try to hit on a couple of them, please. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, hey, there's things you could take away. His hit rate in the first round was really good, especially yeah. when he got premier picks. He was very good compared to a lot of teams who have whiffed way harder on first round picks. And he That's was good. also very good for the most part in undrafted free agency. A lot of great undrafted yeah. free agents. He, you know, kept that lineage going because that's something the Chargers have always been known for. So, to be fair, things he did right, but a lot of things you're hoping this next general manager does a whole lot better. But what a week. Thank you, guys. So glad that you got the payoff that you deserve with the Jim Harbaugh signing. And thank you guys for giving us the two biggest shows, weeks of shows that we've had in the history of our show. My brain is mush after these last thank couple you. of weeks. Let Same. me tell you, it is, uh, is crazy inside my brain right now. But to the everydayers, we appreciate you so much. Right. Thank and you. to make sure that you're never missing the show. And if you haven't already, go subscribe or follow for free on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel. Listen wherever you get your podcast from and subscribe there as well. You can also find us and support us on our social media. You can find me at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer, Drow Talk SD. But we also post a show to our social every day. So hit us up at Locked on LAC on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram at Locked on Chargers and our Locked on Chargers Facebook page. The outpouring of support from you guys and just the attention, you know. Thank you so much for that. It has meant so much to us. And literally, we've been flying on your wings because you guys have carried us through a long couple of weeks. Thank you Thank for you. helping us set records on this show. So we will be back with you guys as Monday because we are the only Daily Chargers podcast, your team every day. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.